Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to this Monday, March 26th edition of the Old Dominion Libertarian. I'm Joe and Rufty, surrounded by Jeffrey Sanford and Jeff Klebb. How are you guys tonight? Couldn't All right. be better, Joe. Couldn't be better. So happy to be back with you. It's been a long time. Oh, it has, Jeffrey. We are very happy to have you back with us tonight um, for some hard-hitting libertarian viewpoints. Uh, before we get to our guest tonight, who, by the way, is Bobby Hicks, uh, running for uh, Arkansas Senate in District 10, 
I want to uh, discuss a few things with you guys. And I guess what we'll start with um, is the March for Life. Uh, and uh, Jeff Kleb and I have been talking about this a little bit, so I kind of know where he stands on all that, um, but our audience doesn't know. So, uh, Jeff, why don't you go first? And, well, it's and not the March for how Life. How enamored it, you are with the March yes. for Life. Well, it was the March for Ignorance. It wasn't the March for Life. It was the March for Our Lives is what they called it. The March for Life was something that I think happened back in the fall or something. That was the anti-abortion people. So they're, they're two exactly. totally different groups. But exactly. This, this should have been called the March of the Sheep. A lot of these people, they really mean well, and they're scared, and they want somebody to do something. But it was kind of like they were following all the um, following all the wrong people, and they were listening to a lot of the wrong information. And they're calling – it's basically the March Against the Second Amendment the March Against the Bill of Rights, and the March for Left-Wing Socialism is what it should have been called. Um, and I just hate to see these kids use as political pawns. Um, these people have been, well, they're like puppets on strings. And you know, I there, just, I, there, there was, a, one of the students said that the bump stock ban was just the start. And um, you give us an inch and we're going to take a mile or more. And it, mm-hmm. goes, it it reminds it reminds me of what Donald Trump said when when he squeezed Diane Feinstein's hand and said we're going to make this little lady very happy. Um, it reminds mm-hmm. it reminds me of of him saying that while this gun bill that he was proposing, these gun measures he was proposing, didn't go far enough. It was a stepping stone so that future generations could make America safer. And mm-hmm. and there's no that that's not code for anything. That's Donald Trump saying that if we pass this bill, that'll make the next people who get in here and vote it'll make it easier for them to take more of your guns. Exactly. But the whole thing is it it has nothing to do with safety. I mean it really doesn't. How are you going to make society safer by disarming the people who are not the problem in the first place? But we all agree on that. You're talking to an audience, and everybody agrees with you on that, Jeff. So the question is, what can we do about it? You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, we can realize where we came from and where this base came from, okay? The base is a libertarian base that voted Trump in. They're too scared to get off of the Republican brand, you know what I'm saying? But they they all all said, well, no, Trump's not a real Republican. I said, yeah, he's a real Democrat. You know, it reminds me of that (laughs) meme, Trump Lurie. Trumpery. That was the meme of the campaign, if you ask me. You know what I'm saying? Trump and Hillary were the exact and are the exact same politicians, exactly the neocon politician that Obama and Bush were. It's just, you know, that's the complaint about it. You know, that, that proves that we got to get away from the two main parties. You know, we got to come from a third party uh, coalition, independent coalition, to get rid of it so we can take back Congress and make a difference. Meet the new boss, same as the old boss, basically. Oh, yeah. And, you know. and, you know, some people are saying that by giving these kids the media attention that they're getting, and not just from the mainstream media, but on Facebook, Twitter, email, all the social media networks, by, by libertarians posting stuff about David Hogg 
and Emma Gonzalez or whatever her name is that and the others that we're furthering their agenda. And I agree with the people who are saying that this is exactly what the the puppet masters want. They want people like Jeff Clark to it's a continuation of yeah, identity politics. Just like Obama came in as like a the black guy everybody loved. Now these young people come in as the young people, you know what I'm saying? Everyone just locks to them. It's like come yeah. on. And open your and, brain. And and the and the thing is the, the 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 puppet masters they want people like Jeff Klebb and Joe and Rufty and Jeffrey Sanford and Andy Craig to get on Facebook and blast these children so that they can turn around and say, "Look how mean these people are being to the children." And we fall for it. We fall for it every, every time. time. <laughs> That's crazy, Jeff. But. Some well, people I, might I, listen and might learn, you know. So, I mean, what else is going on? Besides that, there's other huge news. The, 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 the budget buster, man, the $1.2 trillion spending bill. Man, that's just something. I know I know some personally know some Republic, Donald Republicans down here that are like, they're lost. They don't know what to do with themselves. They just don't. Well, uh, as, I, well as, I stated, as I stated on Facebook two nights ago, a very good friend of mine who I have known for close to 20 years, who is about as Democrat as you can get. She voted for Hillary. She voted for Obama both times. When Donald Trump won, she crawled under her bed and cried for three hours. She stayed in su- – she, she lost her job because she didn't go to work. She was so upset. Mm-hmm. And Donald Trump signed that omnibus spending bill, and when I talked to her on the phone – she said, he gave us everything we've ever wanted. And all mm-hmm. she said, no fuss about it. He signed that bill, and we got everything we wanted. She said, that would have never happened under a Hillary Clinton presidency. Trump, she the said, coalition if, bills. If, well, I mean, I get that. I mean, when 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 Donald Trump said that he was going to bring people together and they were all going to work and get things done. I had mm-hmm. no doubt about that. I just knew what he meant by get things done. New York City mm-hmm. liberal gun laws. Pay off I everybody mean, that's, you can. I mean, and then pass all the bullshit things to make them feel good on top of it, man. We got everything straight with President Trump. Yeah, well, what I mean, think. When, you ha- when you have Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer going on live TV, which don't mistake this for for what it isn't. Chuck Schumer's on live TV 24/7, but when he goes on live TV and and he praises Donald Trump and he literally did that and so did Nancy Pelosi. I mean, we've got a serious crisis on our hands when that happens. You, you have to well, kind just, of bill. When it, they say that a bill is uh, bipartisan, you know you got the worst of it. Then we really people really get screwed. Then you're getting screwed both ways. But when Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi are happy about something, regardless of what president signs it, if it's Trump, Obama, or Reagan, if Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are both involved with something and they're both happy about it, well, that's not a good thing. There's nothing that either of them, too, will get behind that is a good thing for liberty, a good thing for our fiscal health, or a good thing for the Constitution. Those are people are two Democrats? of the biggest swamp creatures. They're they're uh, they're both Democrats. Schumer and uh, Pelosi, of course, yes. 
Okay, well, I'm just saying, I mean, you know, that everyone knows that, <laughs> Jeff. I mean, so I'm telling something we don't know. Which one of the Republicans voted for this besides, of course, my old nemesis? Plenty of them. Lee. Plenty of them. Yeah. Enough of them did. Well, I will I will say this, guys, in some, in some rather um, astounding news that, that has come out today, um, our, our favorite – uh, life of the party, uh, the guy who throws the best New Year's Eve parties in America, uh, Mitch McConnell, um, he has a hemp bill that's out where he wants to legalize hemp all across the United States. Now, is it some ploy? Does he know that it's not going to it's not going to get passed? And and this is just his way of trying to appease some libertarians. Uh, who knows? Sorry, now, but I got a strategy was, for you. When he when he wins on that bill, Joe, here's the question: If you cut the buds off fast enough, does it stay him? If you <laughs> what? It's about a percentage of THC. So I'm saying, when the if you cut the buds off, it's still him, right? Yep. If the THC is all in the bud, you cut that off and let the stalks grow. You got him. It's anything industrial hemp. Ten percent like that, yeah. You just have to uh cut the buds off as it grows and it stays under ten percent THC. Well, isn't there something with marijuana plants where one is a female and one is the male and one is for industrial hemp and the other one's for recreational? Isn't there a difference? Uh, what are you smoking? I don't know. I, I've heard people it... say that. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Uh, doing, Jeff. But you can't smoke uh, industrial <laughs> hemp. You would get sick. You would get sick. You can't get high on hemp. I don't know, bro. I mean, I'm just trying to tell you. I mean, we could turn, you know, a field of marijuana into hemp just by picking the buds is what I'm trying to tell you. It's all of a sudden hemp again. Wait oh, I year. see what you mean. Okay, <laughs> yeah, you were one step ahead of me. I got you. Uh, just trying to figure out how I can get this crop growing. Well, <laughs> I just... This this thing I saw, I saw these people on TV and all the attention they were getting and and uh you know the people a lot of people on Facebook a lot of my left left leaning friends some who are actually rational Democrats not just the bat the crazy ones but they were saying well nobody wants to take your your hand your your self defense handgun nobody wants to take your shotgun nobody wants to take you know your um you know your your hunting rifle or whatever, well, we just want to ban assault weapons. Well, they still can't define what an assault weapon is. They're talking about well, guns based on cosmetics. Scary. Yes, it looks scary, but there are guns that don't look scary that are far more lethal than an AR-15. An AR-15, you can't even hunt a deer in Virginia with an AR-15 because the projectile is too small. You could also buy a Ruger Mini 14, which looks like a deer rifle, but functions just like an AR-15. Um, the whole thing is just crazy. And, yeah. But they yeah, keep saying they're not hold after on, your guns, hold but on, they. Hold on. I got. I got to stop you there because you can hunt a deer or a hog or a human or an elephant or anything else with AR-15. Get the 308 or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But you know, you can hunt whatever you need to hunt with it, and um, do just fine. But the point is, do we have the right to? Do we have the right to hunt? I mean, can these kids, these punks? Ass bitches take it away from us. That's my point. I don't well, think so. Well, I, you said about the AR-15. In Virginia, you can't hunt an AR-15. You can't use an AR-15 to hunt a deer because you have to use at least a, two, a .243 because an AR-15 round is too small 
and it won't kill the deer right away. It'll bleed out. Sl- oh yeah, three oh eight. That's to be an AR ten though. That's an AR ten. Oh really? I didn't know. I thought they could get an AR fifteen and three oh eight. It's AR-10. You can. It's called an AR ten. It's called an AR ten. It looks just. It's the same thing. It's got a. Yes. It's called an AR ten, right, and they are really. They're, it's a, now we get a little yes. technical education on top of all this wonderful, uh, you know, discussion and commentary. And there, are, there, are, there are other very there are other variations. You know, they're 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 just they're, they're saying, well, we don't want your guns, but well, we only want the scary guns. Well, what'll happen is they'll pass an AR fifteen ban. There's already twenty million of them in the country, and people with three D printers can easily make more. It'll be totally useless. It'll be ineffective. It's not going to change anything, and then they're going to say, no, "Well, not, that didn't work." People off. It's going to piss people off with AR-10s, and they're going to not be happy with their with their politicians, and they're going to move either to total anarchist, or they're going to hopefully move libertarian. Hopefully, I mean, it's a battle. At least well, you can fight on the right side of the ground. You know what I'm saying? If you're a libertarian, these people just don't even know what it means. I've had people who well, helped me in two races still come back and ask me again, "What does it really mean to be a libertarian?" I'm like, "Come on, guys." Yeah, it's like you got to, if you're a libertarian, you have to walk around just repeating the NAP just like as a mantra over and over again so people understand what it is. Well, what I find funny about these people at these rallies, and I, I hate to keep dwelling on this, but these people are fresh in my mind. You have all these people two years ago, you know, Black Lives Matter, we can't trust the police, the police are killers, this and that. And now these people are like, well, only the police should have guns. Well, you know. It's like, well, where, where's no, the consistency no, here? No, 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 no. If you're going to have consistency, you must take the guns away from the police before you pass the fucking bill. You know, yeah, but what they'll the tell you point. is we can't, but we can't take away guns from the police because the police have to be there to go to get, get the guns from everybody else first, and then the police will hand them over once they've taken everybody else's. Yeah, right. I got a bridge but who are they? But, but let, let's, say, let's say that that scenario would work. The police are going to hand them over once they get all the guns from all the Americans, all the, all the people in America. Who who's going to have the gun? Who are the police going to hand the guns over to? Um, well, they're not going to. That's my New, whole point. Somebody Joe. on New Forest Trail. Yeah, I so mean, in, in the USA, there's very few people going to hand their guns over. We, we're not Australians, you know what I'm saying? That's not even going to happen, you know. Well, Australia well, had about six hundred thousand guns. Either. Well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> they got some. They got the old beat-up ones. They got 650,000 um, guns in Australia. We have 320 million. Right, exactly. But, and it probably um, got I wanna, three, I wanna three, quick, four or five million. I, wa- I wanna, yeah, I want to quickly um, get back to the omnibus spending bill before we get our guest on. Uh, I just want to say that, um, you know, a lot of people are, are, are looking at Donald Trump and saying, how could he sign this bill? Well, I'm looking at Donald Trump and saying, how could he not sign it? It's like a New York liberal Democrat's dream come true. I mean, it is. he doesn't need Stormy Daniels. Every wish he has again, has come true. Ensures once again that he's going to be reelected. He's got like three or four like total things in the bank ensuring he's getting reelected. But the guy, no, he's not stupid. First, you got to get reelected. Then you can no, start doing something. No, I mean like people, people, people on the left, people on the left that I know that have been sounding the alarms about Donald Trump since he announced he was running, are now like um, they, they they can't wait to jump into bed with him. So I mean, you can't tell you. <laughs> they figured it out. I mean, 
they, they, you know, and I just don't get it. And I had someone tell me today on Facebook, well, you know, I'm really hoping that he that he's going to do the right thing. And I'm like, well, how many times does he have to do the wrong thing before you'll figure it out? He's not mm-hmm. going to sign. He's not going to. He said. In, he said when when he signed that omnibus spending bill, I'm very unhappy about having to do this. I mean, it was. I mean, he. Um, uh, Pee Wee Herman is a better actor than he is. And uh, he said, uh, you know, I'm very, I'm very unhappy. <laughs> I'm very right. unhappy about having to sign this bill. And next time, I'm not signing it again. B.S. He just saw. He just BS. made a billion because, dollars in his pocket, please. Because I will, I will. Here's the thing. He says that he's not going to do it again next time. Well, why is next time going to be any different than this time? If 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 he can stand firm and say no next time, why couldn't he stand firm and say no this time? The same results are going to happen if he says no next time that would have happened this time. You know, the people well, are trying to take the can he, down the road. Okay, he was here's, blackmailed. Here's he had no you. choice. Would would Gary Johnson have been able to to keep it under one point two? Gary Johnson would be able to what? Would Gary Johnson be able to keep the debt under 1.2 trillion? And here, and here, here's the here's my answer to that. Gary Johnson what, uh, would have been spending, presented with spending under 1.2 billion on this bill. This bill. What have you been able to? Yeah, Joe. Let's yeah. answer that. Well, here, here's 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 my answer to that. Gary Johnson would have been presented with that bill, and Gary Johnson would have said, "I'm not signing it. You take it back and you fix it." And you bring me, you send me a balanced budget, and I'll sign it. And then it probably would have gone back to Congress, and they would have said, "Well, this is what we want, and this is what we're putting through." And they would have voted on it, and they would have overridden his veto. And Gary Johnson would have come on national TV and said, "Ladies and gentlemen, I vetoed this bill because it puts us further into debt." They took it back, and instead of fixing it and sending me a balanced budget. They decided to override my veto. They own it. It's not me. You take it out on them. That sounds and like And he would have also, and, he, and I'll do. tell you, and and he would have said to the American people, "Here is my budget that they refused to look at." Mm-hmm. He would have called a but he national submitted one. press conference. Yes, he would have submitted one. Absolutely. On. I mean, absolutely. I mean, this is the, you know, you know, there there comes a point in time when you have to put the Donald Trump supporters in the same boat as Donald Trump. It's no longer well, they're just confused because there's no confusion. Donald Trump, Donald Trump has. It's like he's taken a magic marker and he's written on his forehead "F you." They can see it and they don't care. Mm-hmm. They do exactly. not care. They know it, and but it, the people that vote for him over and over again and get on Facebook and support his dumb bullshit is just, just like well, totally blind. Here, the magic here, works. Here, well, here's the thing, Jeffrey. It goes like this: if if you let's say you go and you buy a car, and the and the car turns out to be a lemon, and and Jeff Kleb comes along and says, "Hey, Jeffrey, how do you like your new car?" You're not going to say to Jeff Kleb, oh, I bought a bad car, Jeff. It was horrible. I, 
I've broken down six times in, in a, since, since I left the dealership, and I haven't even gotten home yet. You know, you're going to – oh, it's a great car, Jeff. Well, I thought you broke down, Jeffrey. Oh, man, now I just stopped to sightsee. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yep. that's, that's, yep. that's how that's these things – That is the perfect analogy. And then they start saying, you know, while you're standing there, look at the broke car. They say something about how great the car is. It's so good. He's trying to get you to walk away. Start bragging on that car while you just sit there. You just have to turn away and walk away from those people. You can't listen to that bullshit anymore, hardly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, um, gentlemen, I want to get to our guest this evening. Um, Bobby Hicks is running for the Arkansas State Senate in District 10. Uh, she has a great campaign going on down there. We're going to talk with her and find out what it takes to get on the ballot in Arkansas, uh, what she's doing to energize voters, and uh, what her opponents are up to. So without further ado, let's bring on Bobby and see how things are going down there. Hello, Bobby. How are you tonight? Hello. I'm all right. How are you? Hey, Bobby. Thanks for coming the show. So, uh, Bobby, why don't you start by telling us uh, why you decided to run, how long you've been a libertarian? Oh, goodness. Um, well, I had uh, my, I joined the uh, LPAR uh, in uh, 2014, and in 2016, my husband ran for uh, U.S. Congress District 4 here against Bruce Westerman. Uh, he actually did really good. 25.1% of the vote, uh, but even at that time when he decided to run, um, I had people approaching me, hey, why don't you run too? And, well, finally, I'm, you know, I really wasn't prepared to run at that time. I wanted to figure out what it was all about myself. I'm not one to jump into things without at least being reasonably knowledgeable of what I'm getting into. And I helped on his campaign, and, well, here I am, <laughs> you know. Congratulations on making the commitment. We really appreciate it. As far as uh, third-party candidates like yourself go, you, we cannot. It's very hard to find someone who's willing to jump in there and run up that hill. You know, like um, I call him a run indie warrior, man. If you run against the establishment as a candidate, you've done something fabulous. So, mm-hmm. how do you come in? Yep. Well, I'm just doing what comes natural to me. When I believe in doing something, I'm all in, and I believe in libertarianism. I've been a libertarian my entire life. I just didn't know it until 2014. <laughs> yeah, that Good happens deal. with a lot of people. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, tell us um, tell us a little bit about um, the ballot access process in Arkansas. What do you have to do to get on the ballot? Do you guys have ballot access? Well, I guess we do at the moment. Um, there's been a lot of people, a lot of wonderful activists in the party. Um, the National Party kicked in some money and help, which was really appreciated. Um, everybody in the party worked really hard gathering signatures and signatures and signatures. And it's a very expensive process. Um, and we've been doing it since, I can't remember if it's 2010 or 2012, to be honest. Um, like I said, I just came into the party in 2014 myself. Um, but we've been doing it every term, every cycle. And uh, it 
an expensive process, but fortunately, um, this looks like it might be a really good year for us here in Arkansas. Uh, we have a strong gubernatorial candidate, Mark West, and uh, if he can pull 3% of the vote, which we've been getting closer every election cycle to that goal, um, if he can pull 3%, then we have ballot access. We're a permanent legal party here in Arkansas, so we're looking forward to that as a cause for celebration. Wonderful. That that's really great. So tell us a little bit about your um platform. What your what um, what sort of um what are you running on and, and what are you gonna be your be your main campaign themes? Well, uh platform. Um give me a second, I need to get my thoughts together here. Um uh, basically, I'm just about limiting the government. You know, if I get in there, I just want to start doing away with some of these ridiculous laws that they have. Because, really, there's just too many of them. I, I ran on the same thing when I ran, Bobby. I ran uh, on a thing, I think I said, I said for every – actually, it was an idea my dad told me when I was a kid – for every law that they pass, we have to repeal two laws. <laughs> that I've was heard that before. I'm wondering why we can't go for three. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. But two but, would be really excellent. Yeah. Well, but, see, I like I like the I like the idea of for every law we don't pass, we repeal two. Ah, you go, Joe, there you go. There you go. That's an improvement on it. <laughs> Um, but, well, I got a question for you, Bobby. I got a question. What is the most libertarian thing you ever did? Most libertarian thing? Oh my God! Uh, hmm. Most libertarian thing. Well, I'm running for office. Uh, that's a good start. Um, that's a great story. That, that, that's a great answer too. I love that. That's that really is the main call to right there. You know what I'm saying? Get people out to run for office. I mean, if you're willing to do that, you're you're like to me. You're like the uh, guys on Normandy Beach climbing up the hill into the machine guns because it's a tough thing. But we all got to run at the same time, and then uh, and then everyone will know about us. You know what I'm saying? We run at one time in every race across America. Hopefully in 2018, which is this year. We could actually get a bunch of us elected. Yeah, I could foresee that happening. Um, I've got two kids, and I'm raising them to be libertarians. I guess that counts. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Have you lived in Arkansas all yeah. your life? More or less. Uh, my parents brought me here when I was a kid and stuck me up on a mountain, and well, I'm still here. So. What's your uh, um, what mountain? What mountain is it? Ozark. <laughs> Which one? Uh, well, it's not one in particular. It's just. Oh, okay, uh, okay, okay. I know a few. I was over there. I went and drove around Arkansas a few times. That's a very beautiful property there. About twenty-five years ago, we got there. Well, we're here right in the middle of the Washita Mountains, so. Oh, we went to Lake Washington two years ago for the uh, 
like you, you rent a big boat and you go out there on the lake and they tie you off and you're on the island and you rent a boat. It's a great lake. Washington's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Which part of the state is your district? Um, far west over to the Oklahoma border and oh, just okay. kind of running up and down there. <laughs> is a is the lake in your district, Lake Washington? Um, I don't think it is. I think we've got part of the Gray Lake. Uh, that's some beautiful lakes in Arkansas. Mary. Yeah, so tell us a little bit. Of, do you have any opponents yet? Uh, that's right. Yes, I'm, I'm going against the incumbent who I don't know if he actually campaigns or not. Apparently he hasn't really had anybody step up to challenge him. Um. <clears throat> But Larry Teague is a Democrat, and he's term-limited to 2019 anyway. So I'm wondering why, you know, why it would really be all that difficult to get elected at that. I mean, but who knows? Right. It should be easy for you to win. And that's what I thought, too, the first time. Then I got 1%, and I was like, oh, my God, this is awful. But uh, yeah, I did it again after that, so. Yeah. It's just uh, it, it's just uh, uphill battle, but it's, it's a raising of the consciousness. Like you said, you didn't know you were a libertarian until 2014. Now you're running in 2018, four years later. And I think that's yeah. what happens to people. You know, People learn about more about it, and they, yeah, they jump on. we got to run against these people, and they just, just charge. And I think that's how we ultimately win back our country is that you know, enough people run libertarian and attendance you know, with just honest people who aren't backed by these super international people banking machines and big pharma and all this other international the swamp. money. You know, they, well, the, well, they just go to the swamp to get their, their checks approved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Federally so protected wetland. Little, yeah, tell us, Bobby, tell us a little bit about the Libertarian Party of Arkansas. Oh, my. Uh, we got a lot of really great people. Uh, Michael Paco is our fearless leader, and he's doing a wonderful job. Uh, God, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> Tell us about, like, a yeah. little uh, inter-party inter, uh, inter uh, squabble going on right now. you all have any of those going on? We have plenty of them here in Louisiana, usually. Uh, party what? A squabble. Like a little inner party. Like a lot of libertarians like to fight about stupid stuff. Do you all have any of that going on? Well, I, we all have our disputes and our differences, but uh, not overall, not really. I mean, we try to keep the in-party fighting you know, to a minimum because that's just not the way to get anything done. If you're so busy fighting each other that you you know, can't band together and fight the opponent you're supposed to be fighting. <laughs> We're yep. really all very supportive of each other. Wonderful. Well, that's, that's great. I I, I know that. Yeah, I know that the um, the Libertarian Party of Arkansas has come a long way over the years. One of our hosts who couldn't be with us tonight, Andy Craig, is from Arkansas, and uh, he now lives in Wisconsin. And uh, when he was down in, in Arkansas, there wasn't much of a Libertarian Party and um, after he left, it really started to blossom. So I think that um, 
it's really going to work out for you guys down there. Um, who's your current governor? Asa Hutchinson. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And That's he's right. never so, met a tax or spending bill that he doesn't love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, that's um, you, you're, you know Frank Gilbert, right? I love Frank Gilbert. He's a sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, Frank, Frank Gilbert. We've had him on the show several times. Frank, uh, uh, one, of, one of my favorite things about Frank is when when he he said um he was running for governor of Arkansas and he said if I'm elected we're going to sell off the governor's mansion um that was <laughs> mm-hmm. that that was great um so yeah like it i say you right. guys are yeah you guys are are really doing some great things down there so um how do you plan to energize voters um to come out and vote libertarian in your race well, I guess basically the same way that any of us does. I'm just getting out there. I'm talking to people, meeting people, um, you know, just trying to get out there with the people and, you know, explain to some of them what a libertarian is. There's a lot more who uh, have at least a general idea of what libertarianism is now than when I joined. But, uh, you know, just get out there and talk to people, basically. I mean, what else can we do? Mm-hmm. Well, what do you, no, what do you say mean, to people? Yeah, what do you say to people, Bobby, when you go up to them and you, you're saying something like, "Hi, I'm a libertarian. I'm running for the Arkansas Senate. Um, would you consider voting for me?" And they say, "Well, I would, but I, I don't believe you can win." What's your answer to that? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you the answer. The answer is uh, you can't win otherwise. I'm the only reason. How can you win? Exactly. You know, how can they be so sure that I won't win? Not I that. mean, really, why have all of these doubts? Candidate is a win. That's you need to tell them. Huh? Say, uh, yeah. who else are you going to win with? Mm-hmm. We're starting to figure it out. Yes. So I'm 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 guessing, Bobby, that you are a strong supporter of the Second Amendment. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about the about the 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 Trump de facto executive order on bump stock bans? He won't call it that, but that's what it is. Well, uh, I don't think I can use the exact terms that I would have in mind to uh, speak my piece on this one. Um, I don't see really what difference that's going to make. Prohibition never solves anything. I, with the discussing, you know, these bands and you know, arms bands and crap that people are. Uh, you know, everybody seems to be pushing forward with uh, somebody, and they asked me, you know, well, how do we decide who gets to have guns and not? My answer was, you don't. Mm-hmm. You simply don't. Mm-hmm. Great how answer. Do you decide answer. Who? That's you pretty good. That is just as good as it gets right there on that issue. 
Yeah, well, you know, I I tell people because some people have said to me as recently as a couple of days ago, they've said, well, you know, you libertarians, you're just you're just on the wrong end of the gun debate, and you just want you, you want somebody to be able to own a Sherman tank in their driveway or have a bazooka on their shoulder or or whatever. And you know, and I and I tell these people, if you don't want, um us to be able to use whatever guns we want. If you want to mm. ban AR-15s, if you want to ban bump stocks, if you want to do all these other things that, that Trump gets a hard-on over, then do it the right way. Go through the Constitution and add an amendment. Take away the Second Amendment. Do it the way the Founding Fathers intended for it to be. And every time I say that, they come back at me and say, well, then we'll never get what we want. If we have to go through it that go go that way because it'll never mm. work out in their favor. And I said, well, then that's just too bad. Tough toenails. Exactly. Well, you know, it's more than that. It's like these, this this this, uh, this thing about freedom and constitutional rights, and that are only as good as people will fight for. Like like Joe, when you come up with that argument right there, it's a brilliant article. You know what I mean? We can encourage you re- encourage the people who believe in the Constitution. All people, some people believe in the Constitution as a limitation on government. They will vote to restrain and act just because they might be a, a an actual gun control fan. But when you tell them your argument, you just said right there, they might say, "No, I think we'll hold off on that because we do have this this history and tradition of of protecting all of our bill of rights." Mm-hmm. That's a great argument. Well, yep. if one I mean, part of the Bill of Rights goes away, the other ones are in danger. Nobody seems to understand that. If the Second Amendment were somehow eradicated, how long do you think it would be before the free press and the free assembly and freedom of speech and freedom of religion would be there? And then, you know, then, of course, the search and seizure. Fourth Amendment would go by the wayside. The Eighth Amendment would go by the wayside. The Fifth Amendment would go by the wayside because property would be seized without compensation. And people don't understand that it's like bricks in a wall or legs on a stool. You start kicking out legs. What they really don't understand is that they've almost kicked all the legs off except the Second Amendment. It's like like people have been standing behind the Second Amendment pretty strong, but they let everything else go because they figure, if the government gets out of hand, we'll just revolt and do what Americans do and be all right. But, I mean, the rest of the legs, they've been kicked off the stool. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, well, hey, personally, Bobby, I would, um, go ahead. Personally, me, I would rather be on the wrong end of the gun issue than on the wrong end of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> That's something that people don't really consider. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love it. I don't think <laughs> yeah, I mean, did you? Did you yeah, I, I never thought of it that way, but. Um, you know, you, you have people that will say on on one side, you've got people that are saying, well, you're interpreting the Constitution wrong. You're supposed to ignore that comma. Um, and then you have other yeah. people who don't who don't who don't care whether there's a comma or not. You just have to do what 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 you have to do in order to get what they want. Mm-hmm. And we we just discussed that. They don't want to go through the process that the founding fathers. Um, set up because it, it'll either mm-hmm. take too long or we'll go through that whole process and then we won't get what we want. 
mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like when when people come along and say, well, we need to revisit the Fourteenth Amendment, and we re- they the reason they want to revisit it is because they don't like the way it when it was revisited before. They don't like the outcome. And they're hoping against hope that if we just keep revisiting it over and over and over again, someday it'll come out in my favor. And the gun people, that, that that's what they want. They want they they want it to come out in their favor. And if you follow the legal and the constitutional process, they know it won't, or they don't think it will. Who knows? We could follow the Constitution on on the Second Amendment and go through the whole process in the American. People, the the people involved in the process could vote and 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 um, you know get rid of the Second Amendment, but it's highly unlikely, and they know that, and that's why they just want to circumvent all the the rules that we're supposed to follow and just do what they want. Well, in a nutshell, getting rid of the Second Amendment would require uh, two thirds of both houses of Congress and three quarters of the states. Okay. In addition to that, once that happened, then it would go to the Tenth Amendment, which would leave it to each state. And 46 out of the 50 states have their own provision for the right of armed self-defense or the keep and bear arms or whatnot. So then you'd have to go to those 46 out of 50 states. Then you would have to get them to all repeal it. Now you've got 100 million people with 300 million plus firearms throughout the whole landmass of the United States. Now come and get them. That's really what it would come down to. And you basically, it would make the war between the states from 150 years ago look like a Girl Scout camporee. I mean, that's pretty much how bad it would be. Um, we should learn of what happens when Americans go to war with against, e- against each other. We did that already. And right now it would be a lot worse. We don't want to do that again. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, I do. I, I think it would be... It would be pretty bad, and and people aren't willing to take that into account because they put their emotions and their feelings above and beyond everything else. Well, they're also very so, ignorant of history, economics, and civics. There's so much. There's so many moving parts to this that people just don't people just don't seem to have a clue about it. And well, they just need to ban that. Well, if they never had the guns, then that couldn't. Well, yeah, that's that, it's like if my grandmother had a package, she would have been my grandpa, but. You know, it you can't you can't just say, well, if we never had the guns, well, maybe that's true. Some of what the anti-gun people want, you know, they, they've got a point. If we never had the guns in the first place, but the genie's already out of the bottle. That ship has already sailed, so to speak. You know, and yeah, you know, you, um, you're basing you're basing this all on emotion without understanding history, civics, or anything. The black market that would come up. There are so many hidden uh, unintended consequences that nobody would even – you can't even imagine it. Yeah, so, so Bobby, um, how, how are you going to convince Democrats to vote for you? Um, well, I guess the same way I'm going to convince anybody to vote for me. I mean – Democrat, Republican, it doesn't matter, you know. Like I said, get out there and talk to them. I can find common ground with just about anybody, believe it or not. Sure. I believe it. Sure. And, you know, people are so busy looking at the things that 
separate us and divide us and make us different, you know, maybe we should start pointing out the similarities, how alike we all are, where we can all find common ground. Oh, I, I, I agree 100% with you on that. I do. I, I, I think that's a great idea. So, um, Bobby, how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about your campaign, if they want to volunteer, or more, most importantly, if they want to donate some money? Okay. Um, right now I'm all over Facebook, of course. Uh, that's where these guys found me. Uh, <laughs> um my I have a phone number that's listed, uh address. I mean, I'm out there. People can find me. I'm not hiding <laughs> at all. So you don't um, have a I'm website? Yet. You don't have a website? I'm working on getting a website up right now. Well, we and as soon as I can get Oh, I certainly will. And uh as soon as I can get a uh, EIN Sorted out. I'm having some issues getting that. I will have it up where people can donate to me. Uh, <laughs> so, wonderful. Facebook is just, just Bobby Hicks for Bobby Hicks for um, Arkansas Senate District 10, and it's Bobby with an I, B O B B I Hicks for Arkansas Senate District 10. And yes, uh, you can go read all about her. Keep up the good work. We appreciate you coming on. And uh, in, have y'all had y'all's Libertarian uh, State Convention yet? Yes, we did. That's where we're, everybody got nominated. <laughs> ah, is that where you decided to run? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. We have one of those uh, conventions coming up soon, next weekend, I think, but in Louisiana. Nick Sarwark's going to be there. If anybody wants to come see uh, Nick, Nick in action, he's going to be at the Louisiana State Convention, Libertarian Party State Convention, uh, April 6th and 7th. And I'll put that on Facebook, too. So, well, Bobby, thank you so much for coming on and, and letting us know about your campaign. And um, we look forward to talking with you again after you get elected. That would be wonderful, and thank you for having me. Enjoy well, thank you. Welcome. Good luck. Thanks again for you running. We appreciate the effort. So, gentlemen, uh, I want okay. to um, – Bring up something that uh, Jeff, that's near and dear to Jeffrey Sanford's heart. Um, it's not pizza, but um, it's the um, the latest um, the, the the latest um, news about um, the Bundys. I know Jeffrey wanted to Al talk Bundy? about that. Alan Peg. Um, <laughs> no. I mean, um, I, I mean, so Jeffrey, fill us in on what's going on. Oh God, they won! I mean, they won their trial. It's been a while since that. They filed a lawsuit in federal court, and um, Ann Bundy agreed to come on the show. And I just, you know, with their lawsuit filed, I was like, I hated to follow up with them a little bit. It was like, yeah, you know, as a lawyer, you don't really want your client out there sweating his mouth off, you know, on the radio if you're trying to sue somebody. But he should. I mean, he has on Facebook. He's done a good job of explaining himself. He has some great ideas. I mean. They won. Bottom line is, man, when you win a case like that, it changes everything. Like, everybody gets hope because it's hard to beat the feds. You know what I'm saying? Man, when they come after you, they come out to you with unlimited resources and and all of the uh, tricks turned against you. You know what I'm saying? And, and they actually had all the tricks turned against them, but the people 
apparently a lot through Facebook and social media were so aware the jury knew what was going on. And, and, and also not to say that the West is more enlightened to libertarian issues. I can't say that they're not. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're all tuned in over there. And this jury was just so smart that they just turned – and they turned that judge around. You know what I'm saying? The judges didn't want to be on the losing side of it. You know what I'm saying? They kept losing and losing. And finally, that judge just mm-hmm. threw them out of court, man. And, and really embarrassed the federal government is a wonderful thing. They embarrass themselves, honestly, like they always do. But anyway, it was just so nice to get a win a big W for the Bundys. <laughs> I just keep thinking of Alan Pegg. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even know how you get that joke. You know what I'm saying? These people sacrificed years out of their life, their friend. You yeah. know, I mean, they, they died. Well, you know, they tried to make it. They tried to make it out like, yeah, they tried to make it out like they were the bad guys and they were trying to screw over the taxpayers and all this other stuff. The narrative on them was just. It's just insane. You know, if, if they would have been a bunch of leftist Antifa people, you know, everybody would be like saying, oh, the government's being mean to them. But then because they're not left wingers and they're not, you know, Occupy people, you know, they're trying to bring scorn and ridicule down on them and make everybody hate them. It's, it's really the sad. Group. I think I think it's the same group. I mean, I hate to say this, but I mean, somebody's paying these idiots to show up. They can't all show up like this on just organically. Something's going on, you know. And they, they had they, they, YouTube has now banned videos that talk about um, these crisis actors. YouTube has banned the video that says mm-hmm. it shows the different pictures. I mean, it just shows you. I mean, YouTube, social media is under the thumb. Mainstream social media is just as much under the thumb of this, you know, control of the information. The, you know, I guess you call it the propaganda machine, which. Our Congress appropriates money to the defense department of defense to fool their own people. I mean, if you're going to give, I don't know the number, but they passed, but I mean, they've been doing it for years now. They allow propaganda against us. So anything you see on TV could very well be just a defense partisan, uh, you know, budget. Legally, be the defense could be. They could make all this stuff up just to scare us into giving up our guns so the defense actual industry is more well-off. You know, it's like, that's the law. They can do that. Well, it's a monopoly on force, too. Information and force, but I'm just saying. The information, you cannot even trust that there's that many people out there because the Department of Defense can't legally lie about it to us. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, um... Guys, um, what do you think about all the latest um, stuff going on in the Trump campaign with McMaster getting out and, and John Bolton getting in? Um, it's got to mean something. And, it's got to mean know. something. But I have no idea what it means. That's some kind of internal Washington, D.C. politics. You know, you have to be a certain kind of insider to know even what all this stuff's about, you know. I try to read a lot, but. Exactly, you know, the ways Trump, is, his, his administration has had to sort of keep chugging through opposition all the way from then till now, and now it just pays off everybody left. I mean, this is just crazy. I don't know, who knows? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Y'all are closer to D.C. up there than me. What's up? <laughs> I wish we could tell you. <laughs> I wish we had – I wish we could tell you, but, you know, there seems to be this revolving door in the Trump campaign, and I I think that 
um, that part of it is that these people are, are saying to Trump, you can't do that. You can't say that. You can't do that. That's mm-hmm. not how it works. And he says, oh, yeah, bye-bye. Yeah, let me show you how it works. I do. I mean, God, at least you've got to appreciate the man for that, at least. He's, I mean, he has repeatedly shown these people what a new reality. You know what I mean? And who knows? Now he's got he's got John Bolton as a national security advisor. I'm trying to look Something at about that guy's mustache. That mustache just creeps me out. I think his support yeah, well, they for, like, uh, every you know, war that he ever figured had a chance about him, lying about the yellow cake to get us into Iraq and everything else. He's just a horrible human being responsible for millions of lives of deaths already just with his own opinion. But, you know, you, you know what? You know what's very interesting? Tom, Tom Mann, who was Gary Johnson's right-hand man on the campaign trail and who traveled around with Gary, drove him around, all that sort of stuff. He talks about waiting in the green room when Gary was doing interviews at these news networks, Fox and so on, and John Bolton mm-hmm. would be in the green room also. And the, the makeup people would come in to fix him up to go on the air, and they mm-hmm. would reach to touch his mustache, and he'd get all bent out of shape about it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's alive. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, they, I they, would, they would try, they would, try to grab my mustache too. <laughs> it's like a milk mustache, you know. Yeah. Like, all right, so here, here's telling everybody, Joe. You say when you see John Bolton, go for the mustache. Yeah, that that'll, that'll oh. get it. That that'll 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 paralyze him. <laughs> if you see John Bolton, go for the mustache. Well, it's just like if, if you were attacked, if you're attacked by a bunch of clowns, go for the juggler. Same exact joke. That was my bad joke for the night. So we stopped an hour and a half show in an hour. Anything else? There's got to be some other atrocities against libertarian principles out there in the world. What's going on in the international? Oh, look, we kicked 60, Trump kicked 60 Russians, agents, out Mm -hmm. of the U.S. They shut down the. the thing in um, Washington, the consul or something like that. Mm-hmm. What? That does not seem very pro-Russian. They must have done something bad. Well, yeah, they did. They helped him. They incident. helped him win. They helped him win. <laughs> 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 He's fucking uh, over like well, U.S. always fucks over their allies. Oh my God, it's like a rule of thumb. When you win, you must. Fuck everybody over. <laughs> mm. Hey Lord, Joe, did you want to say? Any, did you want to say anything about the Libertarian uh, Convention in Richmond? Oh yeah, that would be uh, some interesting news to talk about. We had our convention on March 10th downtown at the SunTrust Bank headquarters uh, in their big auditorium. Uh, We nominated and elected Matt Waters for U.S. Senate, Mm -hmm. and Matt was on the program a couple of months back, maybe a month or so, and a really great candidate. Jeff and I had a chance to interview him, and uh, he's he's a good guy. Um, We have some other candidates running throughout the state. One of them is Pete Wells, who is running here against Donald McEachin who's a, a stalwart in the Democratic Party of Virginia. 
And Fourth by the district. way, Matt Waters is running. Yeah, Matt Matt Waters is running against Tim Kaine. So that's going to be a very interesting race to follow. And I'm hoping we can get Matt back on after he gets on the ballot. He's collecting signatures. Mm-hmm. But the the uh, Virginia convention was was very well put together by our state chair Bo Brown and mm-hmm. the committee he had working with him, which was three or four people, mm-hmm. myself included. Uh, Dick Cheatham, who we've had on the program several times, was one of the guest speakers. Um, mm-hmm. Aaron Sobchak, who works for the um, Libertarian Youth Caucus, he works with them. He was one of the guest speakers, and we had some folks um, there to talk about ranked choice voting in Virginia and how we had a we had a bill up for a consideration and it got tabled. But there's always next year. I won't be in Richmond Mm -hmm. or Virginia, for that matter, when they Mm -hmm. come around, but I'm moving to Maine where they do have ranked choice voting, or they're going to have it. So um, this is going to be be really exciting. I'm really looking forward to that. I love Maine. You're you're doing a great – I mean, uh, it's just a beautiful place. You're so close, like Prince Edward Island, Nova Scotia. Portland is just north of Bar Harbor. You can't can't beat it. You just can't beat it. I mean, four nor'easters in two months. I mean, what 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 can you say? If you like yeah. snow, I mean that you know, people people are telling saying to me all the time. Oh, they had four nor'easters in less than two months. Are you sure you want to go? I mean, this is nothing new, folks. This weather has been going on since Maine existed, and quite frankly, <laughs> Portland didn't get much of it. So. It's it's not yeah. you know uh, the the colder the better for me, so. Mm-hmm. Um, I like but, the uh, like um, the high speed high speed uh, like jet propelled, um, um, ferry that they've got from I think from Bar Harbor to, um, to St. John's, Nova Scotia. It's an amazing ferry. Yes, man. I know about a, that. Just uh-huh. ride that thing. Just ride that thing for fun. You know what I'm saying? It's a great deal. Mm-hmm. It's fast. Yeah, it's cool. Well, uh, what else is going on, y'all? Something else got to be good out there in the world of liberty. It must be China must be fucking somebody over over there somewhere. Excuse me, I'm sorry I'm cussing so much, y'all. I'm about to get a spine, I know. But I start thinking of libertarian <laughs> principles, and it makes me cuss. So I apologize for that to the FCC and all the listeners. But, uh, you know, China <laughs> must be doing something to screw over the uh, the libertarian principles of the world, huh? What's China doing terrible these days? Um, I'm sure they now. are. Um, Slave labor. You know, <laughs> well, I mean, I while, think we're on that, while, while we're on that, while we're talking about that part of the world, um, what do you guys think about Donald Trump meeting with Kim Jong-un? I mean, they that kind of fell by the wayside after Trump signed the omnibus spending bill and some other things happened. But um, do you think he's actually going to do it? Well, they would. Where would they meet? Like uh, in Japan or something, or Australia? It'd have to be neutral area. There's no way Donald Trump is going to North Korea. Trump probably not. Yeah, Japan would be a good spot. But I mean, Un's not going to go to Japan. I think he's got to go to China. It's got to be. Okay. You have to. You know, Jeffrey, you have to say it like Donald Trump. China. China. Yeah. China. <laughs> China. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's a great question, Jeff. Where will this thing happen? Where is it going to all go down? It would have to be somewhere neutral. But I mean, well, Chuck, how about South Korea? Uh, no way, man. He'll never go there. Ooh. The only way he'd go there is if he had a nuke strapped to him. Well, I. <laughs> <laughs> well, I you know, I was thinking the other night if if Kim Jong Un told Donald Trump to come to North Korea to meet with him, the North Koreans would say no. We already have one authoritarian dictator. How dare you come here? Huh? <laughs> That's right. That's pretty good. Oh, I just got back from Peru, guys. You want to know a, a really true, like a really libertarian culture, I think, is Peru. What? You know, Why do you say from, that? Because That's where Paddington whole... Bear is from. I don't know Paddington Bear. <laughs> I don't know who that is. I mean, I think the government's out of most people's hair there. And, and when I went in uh, Lima, there's all these big cranes going up. They're, they're, they're building stuff. It's a, a growing economy somehow. And um, and they don't have. I think the government's pretty much out of people's business over there. You know, it's pretty cool with the way that operation works over there. Well, you know, the interesting fun. thing about Peru, they had a their prime minister was ethnic Japanese for years, Fujimura. No, that's the guy. Yeah, they have, a, mm-hmm. they have a lot of Japanese killed, down there. It's interesting. He killed a bunch of people. He was real bad. I mean, but then again, it makes it pleasant for us Americans to be able to go down to. Miraflores and be safe, you know, and Fujimori killed us, all of those uh, people. But they were blowing up bombs. There's a there's a uh, monument right in the middle of Miraflores to the bomb victims. They came and they blew up a car bomb right there in the middle. There's a big museum to it. They don't have that anymore. So Fujimori was a mm. hard ass like that. So he he killed a lot of the peasant people, like the the revolutionaries. But it's a, it's a I just remember him being Japanese and he spoke Spanish. He's a history <laughs> of revolution over there. The Spaniards came in, and they struck gold, really, literally. You know, a hundred Spanish conquistadors won a battle against thousands of the Incas at one point in time because of their advanced steel and armor and horses. A hundred of them beat. There was this whole horde. They couldn't get them. And and they they took over the place, and then they they went to Machu Picchu, then the Peruvians – the uh, Incas, they went up in the mountains and hid. They kept coming down to fight in 30 more years. But Spaniards got them, but there's still a history of libertarianism over there. It's part of the culture, you know, fighting mm-hmm. against the gov- big government people. Yeah, well, that's that's interesting. I'm glad you told us about that. Um, there are some, there's some, uh, South, there are some South American countries that are pretty decent to live in. Um, I don't care for the heat down there, but um, I know people Bear that have Florida. been down there, and and um, Florida, on, one, on, the, uh, on the west coast, on the Pacific coast, that breeze comes off of there. It's the middle of summer. It's like it's like being in San Francisco. It's seventy degrees every day. They have these fruit, fresh fruit vendors on every corner. They have, you know, it's just the people work so hard for their money. It's just, you know, it's like what America would be like when our dollar gets our our, our dollar gets kicked to the curb. It's going to take probably thirty or forty or fifty years to get back to where Peru is right now with their uh, their deal. But I've heard that Chile is, is also improving. 
Mm-hmm. Ecuador, Ecuador, Colombia is a great spot. Is going to be a lot of development in Colombia. Colombia is sort of through the worst and, of the. You know, I, I hear that they, that um, that uh, some of some of the resorts in Venezuela are really just um, fantastic. The views from there are just you you can mm-hmm. see the bread lines from there. Yeah. <laughs> you can probably go pick some up cheap too, man. You know what I'm saying? If you have dollars, you can get a lot down there. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, well, I guys, I think that we have had a, a a fairly productive show tonight. Our guest Bobby Hicks came on and talked with us a little bit, and we got to know more about the uh, the Libertarian Party of Arkansas. And um, th- this has just been a good show. We t- we we covered a lot of ground tonight. And yeah, there's mm-hmm. a lot. Of, you know, there's going to be there's a lot a lot going on. Th- there's go- there's going to be more to come by our next show uh, because mm-hmm. we are, you know, certainly, you know, Donald Donald Trump can't go a day without stirring up some sort of controversy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, somebody brought up a very good point today, and Nick Gillespie over at Reason Magazine wrote about it, and he said, don't let Donald Trump distract you with Stormy Daniels. And he said basically that he said, while you're busy worrying about Stormy Daniels, who is not going to cause Donald Trump to um, get impeached, Donald Trump and Washington are still pure mm-hmm. crap, and they're still going to do things. And if you're worrying about Stormy Daniels and you're concentrating on her, you're not going to see what Trump and the rest of those guys are doing with their other hand. Beautiful, Joe. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's such an important point, man. Right there. That's what they always do. They're waving and, this bullshit yeah. thing in front of everybody's face while they're and just see, passing one point two trillion dollar bill. Donald, bill. Don, mm-hmm. Donald Donald Trump is really smart. Anybody who thinks Donald Trump is not smart is the one who's not smart. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is this: you know, do I think that Stormy Daniels got together with Donald Trump and said, "Let's create this controversy so the people can't see that you're using one hand on me and the other hand to screw the American people"? No. I, I don't I don't believe that. Stormy Daniels is acting in her on her own in her own way. Well she, she said she wasn't death. a victim. Yeah. She's, she said she wasn't she's, a victim. Um she she's acting all on her own. But Donald Trump is parlaying this into something great. Because mm. he you know, he's you know, he's he's allowing Stormy Daniels to distract us and I'm as guilty as anybody else of letting it Distract them um, so that he can do things, and we're not paying attention. But one thing I do, I do want to say regarding this whole Stormy Daniels thing: if if you think that nothing is going to come of it, that may very well be the case. But I'm not so sure about it because I think that the more that comes out about Stormy Daniels and anyone else who Trump has had um, relations with the more it's going to eat at Melania. And there's going to come a point in time when Melania says, I've had enough. Because yeah. she has Hell, no political no. career. She has she has no political career. See, Hillary Clinton stayed with Bill Clinton because it was her mm-hmm. ticket to success. Had she thrown mm-hmm. Bill Clinton under the bus during the Monica Lewinsky stuff, she would never have gotten where she is today. 
which is at the top mm-hmm. of the biggest pile of shit that America has ever seen. But she never would have gotten there if she'd thrown Bill Clinton under the bus. So Melania mm-hmm. doesn't have anything to lose. And if, if this stuff mm-hmm. keeps going, I have a strong feeling that she's going to say enough is enough, and she's going to walk out on him. And it mm-hmm. could be while he's president. And see, no, she's, she's even more impressive a person than I think she is. And I think she's awesome. But if she does that, she is she's super she's super stud. I mean, she's just too strong for words. Yeah, and I think, and I think if she if she leaves Donald Trump, especially while he's still president, if she leaves him mm-hmm. and they go through this massive divorce while he's president, that's going to hurt him. You know, mm-hmm. I know all if these I religious even, people who say, yeah, but I, but there are a lot of religious people out there who who think divorce is a sin and you shouldn't do it and blah, blah, blah. But they're, as, as Clay Bowler keeps saying on Facebook, these people, these religious fanatics keep giving Trump mulligans. They're not willing to give mm-hmm. anybody else a mulligan, but they're willing to give Trump a mulligan. And, you know… It, that's very apropos since Trump's a huge golfer. Ah! <laughs> God. He can't be that weight he's got. That way. But anyway, guys, well, um, we we had a great show tonight, and I know we're going to have another great show when um, when we come back um, at the first of the month. So um, until then, you guys have a great night, and – uh, we'll be talking again soon. I got a plug for right. LP, uh, LPLouisiana.org. And we have the convention uh, April 6th and 7th. Go to LPLouisiana.org, buy your convention package. Come check out all the great speakers. All right. Share your own opinions. Sounds good. Let's get the libertarian thing going. All right. LPLouisiana.org. Bye-bye. Thank you all. Bye. All right. Good night, guys. Bye. Bye.